The Politocrat is brought to you by the great people at Anchor. Anchor is such a great place to go if you want to get started in podcasting. And it's easy and it's free. Anchor, marvelous stuff, marvelous. And I'm so grateful to the folks at Anchor for getting me going with The Politocrat. If you want to get going and be heard on Apple, on Spotify and everywhere podcasts can be, Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. And it is Saturday, April the 11th, 2020. As we are into the Easter weekend, those of you who observe Easter, I hope that you are enjoying the Easter weekend, wherever you may be. And I wish everybody well, whether you celebrate or observe Easter or not. Just a couple of things before I get into the main topic of this episode. The death toll continues to rise with this pandemic. And it really weighs on the mind. It really does. Mental health is so important. And when you've got a pandemic, it's even more important. So I would say to everybody, it is important to practice mindfulness and meditation. Mindfulness is a form of meditation and it's just important to keep your mind healthy with all of this unhealthiness around us. New York City, or I should say more precisely New York State, has more cases than any other. I mean, this is unbelievable. New York City has more cases, or maybe New York State, I should say, has more cases than any other country does. Which is really shocking. Really shocking. New York has half... If not, actually, let me say that again. New York has more than half of the cases in the United States. And we are still far away from the peak. It could be another two or three weeks away. And yet you've got someone in the White House who wants to actually open things up. Especially strange because he didn't close anything to begin with. But he wants everybody to get back to work on May 1st. That is not going to happen. That's point one. Point two is a story that's heartbreaking, actually. We've had so much loss this year of course 
most directly, this pandemic has taken the lives of over 100, well over 100,000 people worldwide. So all of that loss in just over three months of this year is hard to bear, hard to stomach, hard to even get your mind around, which is why mindfulness and meditation and exercise and things of that nature, taking walks, will help to clear your mind. There's so much loss this year, it's unbearable. Unbearable. And this story is heartbreaking. In a year where we've had so much loss, in the last few weeks where we've lost so many people, famous or not famous, comes the news of the loss of a Washington Post reporter. His name was Darren Simon. His first name was spelled D-A-R-R-A-N. Darren Simon. This from the Washingtonian, dateline April the 10th, 2020. Washington Post reporter Darren Simon was found dead in his apartment on Thursday. According to a newsroom memo from Tracy Grant, the Post's managing editor for staff development and standards. This is heartbreaking. No cause of death has been announced. Luke Mullins wrote the story for the Washingtonian. Darren Simon was only at the Washington Post from January 30th of this year. So he had been there for a little over two months. This is just really heartbreaking. And here's the memo that got sent out throughout the newsrooms in the Washington Post. And I'm going to read from this right now. And you may find this difficult to listen to, quite frankly. So I just do want to start with that warning, that advisory. To our newsroom colleagues, we are deeply saddened to report that yesterday, Darren Simon was found dead in his apartment. Darren joined us as a D.C. government and politics reporter last month from CNN. He made an immediate impact on his rival. Darren proved himself to be dogged, as when asking Mayor Bowser questions at her daily press briefings and deeply humane, as when he told the story of a former Jeopardy contestant who died of COVID-19. He was entrusted to write several of Metro's 
coronavirus leaders in large part because he worked so well with everyone and because he was a clear and fluid writer. Before his stint at CNN, Darren reported for papers including the Philadelphia Inquirer, New York's Newsday, the Times-Picayune in New Orleans, and the Miami Herald. He wrote a variety of stories, from profiles of the people behind the headlines to deep accountability reporting. Our sympathy goes out to Darren's family. We will share information about how best to express your condolences shortly. We know this tragic news may be difficult to absorb, especially during a time when we are already under a lot of strain. If you are struggling with your feelings or think you need help, please remember that the Employee Assistance Program, EAP, is available to everyone including your family members. This free confidential counseling service is available 24-7. Then I'm going to read this from the leadership of the Post Guild. They sent this email out. All we are deeply saddened to share that our colleague and friend Darren Simon passed away yesterday. Tracy Grant, Marty Barron, and local editor Mike Semmel sent an email out this morning to the newsroom. We know this tragic news is difficult to absorb, especially at a time when we are under so much strain. We will do all that we can to provide support in whatever form you need. No story or work assignment is more important than you and your well-being. Please lean on us and each other if you need help. Here is the Guild's Guide to Phone and Video Therapy, which is free to you and your family through EAP or can be accessed via post insurance. The National Suicide Hotline number is 800 800- 273-TALK-8255. There are some highly trained people who can answer this phone line, who can talk to you, who you can talk to, no matter what you're feeling. Darren Simon was just 43 years of age. from England a reporter dedicated to his task a reporter who cared and now he's no longer with us I never knew Darren Simon but I feel as though I did The connection that I have with him not simply because we are both black but also because as well he was from England just 
as I am from England. And it brought things home even more. I send my deepest condolences to the family of Darren Simon and especially on this Easter weekend. May the gods and the Lord Most High be with you in these times. And I pray for your strength, fortitude, resolve, courage, and strength beyond all strengths in this very difficult time. Darren Simon was somebody who obviously was well-liked and well-loved and my deepest condolences once again to the family of Darren Simon. May he rest in power. I believe Tara Reed. Many of you listening may not have heard about Tara Reed. Because if you watch CNN or MSNBC, or if you read the New York Times or the Washington Post, you will find that her name has not been mentioned even once. If you do a search with Newsweek and put her name next to Newsweek in a search engine and her first name is T-A-R-A and her last name is R-E-A-D-E if you do that search, you will find that there is at least one article on Tara Reid. If you go to current affairs and type that into a search engine and put her name next to that, you will find that there are at least two stories on Tara Reid. If you go to The Intercept, and you type in her name or you search The Intercept or you go into a search engine, write The Intercept and write her name next to that and search it, you will find articles, at least one, on her. You will find articles on her in Business Insider. I'm going to try and keep politics out of this. What I really do want to focus on, and I will use a parallel or two, but what I really do want to focus on here 
is Tara Reid's allegations. Because there are people writing this about her, writing that about her. But I want to focus on the allegations. Without going into any kind of graphic detail, because my aim for this episode is to not trigger people. And that is something that I will not be doing here. I will not be triggering people because I'm not going to go into anything graphic. So I can tell you that right now. Tara Reid made allegations against Joe Biden. And I believe her. She had been on a number of shows, one or two at least, over the last couple of months. Back in January of this year, and even dating back prior to that, she had been trying to get access to the mainstream or corporate news media. None of them, none of them would pay any attention to her. In fact, in 2019, when Joe Biden was running, and when he started his run, she had made repeated efforts, but particularly in the summer of that year, 2019, to get the media to shine a spotlight on the story, on her allegations, that the media were not interested. She had reached out to various politicians, various politicians, people that you see all the time on television in the Democratic Party, people that you see in the progressive wing of that party, people that you are very much aware of, many of them prominent women. Only one of them responded to her, and they responded to her with a boilerplate form letter that you typically get from politicians. Tara Reid gave an interview in March of this year to a publication, a podcast actually, by Katie Halper. And Katie Halper, for the better part of an hour, had been... having an interview with Tara Reid. And I listened to that interview. It's available on SoundCloud. And Katie Halper, her last name is H-A-L-P-E-R. She has done lots of journalism over the last many number of years. She works with Matt Taibbi, who, of course, writes for The Rolling Stone, or at least used to write for The Rolling Stone magazine. She has a podcast with him. I think it's called Useful Idiots. 
But this was an interview that Katie Halper did last month. And everything that Tara Reid was saying was absolutely credible. So why are people not dealing with this? If Tara Reid had made these allegations not against Joe Biden, but against, say, somebody else, would the news media in this country have paid attention? If she had made these allegations against Al Franken, would the news media have paid attention? If she had made these allegations against Al Franken in 2017, would she have got the spotlight? Would her allegations have received that spotlight that I think they clearly merit now? The Democratic Party could not get rid of Al Franken quickly enough. And overnight, he was tossed out of the United States Senate for allegations that were not nearly as severe as the allegations that Tara Reid has made against Joe Biden. And in saying that, I am certainly not diminishing anything that the women, at least seven or eight of them, who had accused Al Franken, were saying. I was not diminishing any of that. I am not diminishing that. What I do wonder about is how was it that Al Franken was drummed out of a Senate seat? But now the corporate news media won't even give Tara Reid a hearing when it comes to Joe Biden. Tara Reid gave very detailed, and again, I'm not going to mention any of the specifics at all, because I think it's very important not to trigger people, because this kind of violence is something that leaves a scar for life. And many women have experienced this violence. Again, my aim in this episode is to raise the question about why the news media is completely ignoring Tara Reid. And I'm going to try to do this without politics involved in it. I mean, I think it is inevitable to anybody that politics is Involved 
And I'm talking about the media, not Tara Reid. Tara Reid has been very clear that she is not somebody who's looking to upend anything. She is looking to have the truth aired to the public. That is all. I guess my question is, why do we have to, or why do some of us insist upon tying politics to a woman's allegations of rape? Maybe perhaps that question answers itself, or maybe it doesn't. Now, I don't know whether you believe Tara Reid or whether you don't. There really can be only three options. Either you do believe her, either you don't believe her, Either you just do not know. I was not there in 1993 when Tara Reid said this happened, this attack on her, this alleged attack because it's not been litigated in a court. I wasn't there. You were not there. There are only two people who were. And that would be Tara Reid and Joe Biden. And both of them know who is telling the truth and who is not. The detail that Tara Reid goes into is is very, very lucid. I mean, it is very clear. And I think that some people discount the fear, the worry, the apprehension that a woman has. in even coming forward with these horrors, these allegations. And there is a predisposition in a patriarchy, in a male-centered society, in a male-dominated society, in a male-powered society to automatically discount women, discount what they say, discount how they feel, discount how they think, all in service of what a man says and does. I tweeted something a week or so ago. And I said in that tweet at the popcorn R E E L, 
I said, men will always, the truth about a man, I think I'm going to have to rephrase this. People will always ignore the truth about a man and will always believe the lies about a woman. People will always ignore the truth about a man and believe the lies about a woman. Case in point, 2016, Donald Trump. Donald Trump has had these allegations of rape and assault and any other form of violence, whether it's rape or assault or anything in between. These have been known about Donald Trump for many years, going back 40 years. In fact, beyond that. Over 40 years now. E. Jean Carroll quite publicly talked about him. She was able to make the covers of magazines. She was able to be on CNN. This was last year. And in the 2016 election, there was an Access Hollywood tape that came out from 2005. It came out just about, what, three weeks before the election, a month before the election, whatever it was, in September or October of, of uh, 2016. I think it was October. And he's on tape saying what he said. I'm not going to repeat it. But he's on tape saying that didn't make a hill's worth beans of difference to most people. People will always overlook the truth about a man and will always, almost always, believe the lies about a woman. 53% of white women, less than a month after that Access Hollywood tape came out, voted for Donald Trump. Most of them were in the suburbs. Most of them were wherever they were. But that doesn't matter. Wherever they were, 53% of them voted for him. In 2016. And I come back now to Tara Reid. 
Tara Reid also appeared on Democracy Now! in March of 2020. She gave, again, a very jarring account of what had happened to her. She had certainly been questioned about her account by Amy Goodman of Democracy Now! and had been definitely given opportunities to respond to those questions about any kind of potential thing that was raising an eyebrow in her account. And each time she was able to clearly step to the plate and speak clearly about what it was that was at issue, potentially. I believe Tara Reid. And I believe that the corporate news media does not want to touch this story because I believe that they have interests in one, making sure that Joe Biden is not sullied and they would like to see him in the White House because some of the people who appear on these networks will definitely be able to get jobs within a Biden administration. So a lot of this is purely selfish as far as I'm concerned when it comes to why the corporate news media is not going to touch Tara Reid and her story here, this, these allegations. They're not going to touch this with a 10-foot pole. And that is sad to me. I think the other reason that the corporate news media is not touching this is... I think even simpler still. Tara Reid for them is not somebody who has gained any kind of fame. This is how the media, I think, looks at this. She is somebody who is not rich, is not powerful, has no kind of visibility in terms of having a presence in the media or in circles of the media. Whereas, for example, E. Jean Carroll is somebody who hosted a talk show, had done journalistic TV, and had been in the circles of power and in the circles of the powerful for a number of years in New York City. I think that that also has something to do with why the corporate news media is ignoring Tara Reid. One might say, well, there have been other women who 
have not gained notoriety in terms of fame or accomplishment that get the spotlight, but they get covered. Well, maybe that's true, maybe it's not. And I haven't even got to the numbers of women who have accused Joe Biden. Lucy Flores is one of them. Lucy Flores talked about inappropriate touching. And she was savagely attacked online and in the media by some, in some parts of the media. And by some of the supporters of Joe Biden. I guess the conversation is going to be inherently political because, of course, a political figure is involved. But what has been done so often in the corporate news media is to mention the title of a man who has been accused, if that man is in the public spotlight. What the corporate media does in their news stories is mentions the title of the person. Case in point, Harvey Weinstein. Oh, the Hollywood mogul. What does him being a Hollywood mogul have to do with the fact that about a hundred women or more have accused him of either rape or any or some other type of violence? You're dealing with a very powerful entity that is the media, and you're dealing with a very powerful entity that is a political party or political party organization. So that's something that is of note. What the media does is put forth titles of the powerful. And I think sometimes that is done to engender a certain sense of sympathy with that person, with their station in life, with their title. Nobody ever says, for example, that, for sake of argument, and I don't know what her finances are like, but nobody ever says Tara Reid, who makes less than $100,000 a year, is accusing Joe Biden. No one ever says of any person who is bringing allegations, of any woman specifically who is bringing allegations of violence, be that violence, be rape, be that violence, be anything else. Nobody in the media ever says, never ever talks about the kind of station that that woman has in society. They don't. They don't mention that she's poor. They don't mention that she has been unable to get a job. They never mention anything about a woman's station when she brings allegations, unless she is somebody who is powerful or who is in media or is in the spotlight, so to speak. I think class has a lot to do with this.
But when it comes to a man who is being accused, the man is always referenced, especially if it's a powerful man. He's this media mogul. He's this senator. He's a former vice president. He's this, he's that, he's the other. Why do we have to look at men who are accused, powerful men, and always have their titles be put forth? It is an explicit or implicit, oh my goodness, he could lose his position as senator, as Hollywood media movie mogul. I believe Tara Reed. There is always a he said and she said. There is always a he said and she said. If we are to believe all women and if the Me Too movement, and I'm not talking about the Me Too movement that started with Tarana Burke, that's the movement that's helped black and brown women and quite frankly, some black and brown men and poor people getting them services in situations where they have been violated and abused. That's a whole different movement from what is happening now. And that hard work and that work about caring about women and about people from poor communities who are black and brown, that work has continued for Tarana Burke for many a year. But it's this celebrity Me Too movement that I think has a couple of wrinkles in it. And I think that Tara Reid is somebody who, for whatever reason, for some of the people in that movement, doesn't fit into their neat little box of people who have been violated or who have alleged that they have been violated. I do wonder why many of the celebrities in that movement have been silent with Tara Reid. I wonder why people like Alyssa Milano, who have no problem coming out and saying things about other survivors who have been attacked by the powerful, somehow now are quiet about Tara Reid vis-a-vis Joe Biden. I don't know why there is such silence. I do know that some of the individuals in that Me Too movement who are the celebrities are supporters of Joe Biden. I know Alyssa Milano is, and she makes that clear on Twitter, and that's her prerogative. I'm going to be voting for Joe Biden, 
And full disclosure, some of you who have listened to these episodes in the past know that I am a Bernie Sanders supporter. I have said from the beginning of this Democratic presidential campaign that I was going to vote for whomever the Democratic nominee was going to be. And since now that Joe Biden is the presumptive nominee, I am going to be voting for him. It is difficult to keep politics out of this. But I do find this very interesting that only one person that I can think of in this Me Too movement, the celebrity edition of it, has come out publicly and supported Tara Reid, or at the very least has um, maintained consistency in believing all women. I mean, if we're supposed to be doing that, and if we're told by a movement to believe all women, then why is it that some of the people in that movement, some of the women in that movement, are not believing Tara Reid? And I'm going to mention the person who has been out front and supported Tara Reid, or certainly has um, called out Alyssa Milano, and that person is Rose McGowan, whom, of course, has, who is a survivor herself. Alyssa Milano is too. But the important thing for me above all of this is Tara Reed's allegations. And they must be heard. Newsweek has aired them. Democracy Now! has aired them. The Intercept has had a story about how Time's Up, another movement that insists that it's all about equity for women and supporting them and pay and all of this kind of thing. They refused to give Tara Reid a hearing. And yes, there are some connections between the ties that that Time's Up organization has to a public relations firm that is being run by Anita Dunn, who of course is the chief campaign strategist and campaign manager for Joe Biden. And Time's Up said no to Tara Reid. This has been documented by Ryan Grimm in The Intercept. You can listen to The Politocrat every day. You can find The Politocrat where all podcasts can be found wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Omar Moore. And I talk politics on a daily basis, talk about the news, talk about issues, talk about self-care, provide advice, lots of information, and the occasional movie and sports discussion too. Join me daily. Believe all women. 
That is something that I think is very important. Very important. And I don't think that that should exempt any woman, be they black, be they brown, be they white, be they rich, be they poor. If we are inclined to believe the women in Hollywood who are very prominent, if we are inclined to believe E. Jean Carroll, someone who is prominent and certainly was prominent back in the 1980s and 1990s, why are we not believing Tara Reid? Or at least, why are some of us not believing Tara Reid? Do our political loyalties to Joe Biden get in the way of that? Is that what's preventing some people from believing Tara Reid? Is it something else? Is it the mistrust that some women, for example, have toward other women who come forward with allegations against a powerful man or against any man? Is that the reason? Is it because some people are questioning the timing of this? Is that the reason? Is it because some people are questioning, well, she might like Russia or she might like Putin? And if Tara Reid does, what on earth does that have to do with what she says happened to her in 1993 at the hands of Joe Biden? One has absolutely nothing to do substantively with the other. Are people not capable of looking at her allegations on their own? Because if you do look at her allegations, strictly her allegations, Tara Reid is extremely credible. And all I am saying is that if we believe all women, we should at least have the media in this country, the corporate news media, the CNNs, the MSNBCs, and any of those others that you know of or that you watch. Put her allegations out there, report them at least. No one is saying that you should be waving a cowbell around and saying that Joe Biden is guilty as sin. That is not the job of the media. Even though they certainly did that with the exonerated five in Central Park back in 1989. Didn't stop them then, did it? From prosecuting five innocent 
young boys, black and Latino. The media were not stopped from doing that back in 1989. These were young boys who had no power. And of course, when you're talking about when you were talking about black boys and a Latino boy in a racist, white-dominated society. And there is a white woman involved, who, by the way, did not make the allegations because she was unconscious. You had a district attorney who was hell-bent in an election year, I might add, in New York City to make sure that the crime against the woman involved, Trish Miley, was going to be met with swift justice. Back in 1989, the media certainly made sure that five innocent boys were going to be branded guilty from the start. And then they were found out, unfortunately, years, years too late. And these five exonerated young men told the world what they were telling the world back in 1989. My point here is that the media, when it wants to, can certainly sound the alarm bell. Even when they get it wrong, even when they actually perhaps knew that these five boys were innocent. So if they can do that in that situation, why can't they at least air these allegations that Tara Reid is making? They are very serious allegations, by the way. They have strong credibility. If you listen to the interview that Tara Reid gives Katie Halper, it's very credible. I wanted to be a senator. I did not want to sleep with one. I wanted to be a senator. I did not want to sleep with one. The corporate news media should air these allegations and let people decide. We were able to get a full accounting from Megyn Kelly. We were able to get a full accounting from Gretchen Carlson. These are women who have power, but as they found out very clearly, were being oppressed 
and were being violated by forces far more powerful than they at Fox News, Roger Ailes, and the environment at Fox News. That was a news story. It was everywhere. It was made into a movie, a good one, I might add, called Bombshell. And I would urge you to watch that film. Certainly now in these days that we live in, you've probably got plenty of time on your hands to do that. But where is the story on Tara Reid in the New Yorker magazine, in New York magazine? Why aren't those stories being written? And forgive me if I've got it wrong. Forgive me if I have overlooked something. Forgive me if there aren't people, and I know there's some really good, high-profile people who write about these issues all the time. Why won't they, if they haven't, because I've not seen it anywhere, write about Tara Reid? And again, if I've got that wrong, I stand corrected by it. I stand corrected. But I do wonder. I'm not trying to be naive here. I'm not trying to be naive here. I know that there are issues at play. I know that there are issues of class at play. And there's issues of numbers of other things at play. And I alluded to one of them, politics. Power. Patriarchy. Misogyny. Among other things. Tara Reid is credible. Tara Reid is credible. And though I believe that even if the corporate news media were to give her a hearing, were to report the allegations, and that's all I am asking for, For them to simply report the allegations, not to wave a cowbell and say that Joe Biden's guilty of sin. I believe that even if they were going to report the allegations, the sad thing is that they would not be a drop in the bucket for most of the United States of America. Most of the people in the country would not quite frankly, in my view, and it's a horrible thing, but it's the truth, would not care. And that's the saddest thing of all, isn't it, at the end of the day? Is that when a woman, no matter who she is, black, white, brown, but particularly when women who are not rich say that they were attacked, that they were violated, When they say this, many people, many of us, dismiss what they say. Even with documents, even with powerful cooperation, powerful cooperation. 
it gets dismissed. And at the end of the day, that's the heart and soul of this. We are not giving women the benefit of the doubt. We are not giving women that benefit in a patriarchal society that oppresses them. We are not giving women that ear. We're not giving them our belief. And that's arguably as disturbing as anything else. We have written off over half the population before they even really get started. And it's fine that amongst powerful women, that is changing. But for the average woman, it really has not I'm Omar Moore. Thank you very much for listening to this edition of The Politocrat.